Welcome to the Old Man New Pilot Podcast. The adventures of an older man who's decided to learn how to fly. Episode 22, More Navigation and Catching Up. Hello everyone, uh, Carl I am. Sorry it's been such a long time since I've uh, written or recorded anything. Uh, almost two months in fact, but uh, I've had quite a lot going on, so the blog unfortunately has been uh, taking a bit of a, bit of a back seat. But I will try and get them more uh, up to date more quickly in the future. So now we're back on the 2nd of November 2016. Uh, the weather was a bit better, so it was time for yet another navigation exercise. These are some of my favourite things. Uh, so Luke asked me to plot a route to Wickenby Airfield, then Spurn Point, and then to the Humber Bridge, and of course back to Gamston. Uh, I'd like to take the plane home, but they don't really like it, plus I haven't really got anywhere to put it. So they'd like me to get it back to Gamston at the end of each day. It was about a 99 nautical mile uh, route, so about one hour in total. Obviously, you know, it depends a bit on the winds and sometimes they change, things like that. But it was a nice sunny day and uh, ideal for flying. It's uh, Wickenby is another small general aviation airport like Gamston, uh, probably a bit smaller. I'm not even sure if it's got a, a tarmac runway, actually. I ought to look that up and check it. And it's to the northeast of Lincoln, which is where I live. Uh, beautiful city. So I was actually heading back with the plane where I'd just come from in the car. Spurn Point uh, is the bit of the northern coast of the Humber estuary that sticks right out into the North Sea. Uh, it comes, It's on a real long spit of land. And I think it's a nature reserve, something like that. And, you know, what a great day to visit the seaside. I'll be flying up the coast a little bit. I'll be able to, you know, see the sea and uh, then be turning back to the Humber Bridge and then back to Gamston. Now, if you look at a map of Lincolnshire, you see that it's dotted with RAF stations. I mean, it's a big, flat, open county, uh, ideal place if you want to put bomber command during the war uh, the second world war and ideal now for you know defending great britain from foreign enemies whoever they might be uh but just uh, i think a great place for the RAF to to park a load of planes because uh, there's not too many hills and it's a great practice place for for flying so looking to the east of lincoln you've got scampton Waddington, Cranwell and Barkston Heath heading north to south and they form effectively a barrier. Uh, you have to have permission to fly uh, over the top of a, a, an RAF station. You, you know, They tend to get a little bit concerned when aircraft come into uh, close proximity. Now Scampton was the one that we were going to have to fly over because it's right on the route to Wickenby. Uh, and if we weren't allowed to fly over it then we'd have had to divert uh, you know, not terribly, but, you know, a few miles out of our way. But it would be nice to, to go over Scampton. And the reason being, because the Red Arrows are based there. Now, if you know anything about flying, which if you're listening to this, you probably do, then you'll know that the Red Arrows are one of the world's premier aerobatics teams. And we're very lucky that they're based just outside Lincoln, just to the north of Lincoln, in RAF Scampton. The number of times I've seen them practising... Uh, you know, tight formation over the skies of Lincoln itself or nearby. I remember one occasion where we were coming back from uh, Scunthorpe, where you have to drive by Scampton, and we actually took the back road. And as we drove past Scampton, the, the Red Arrows were coming into land. 
and it was just incredible. They were literally a stone's throw away from me because the road goes right by the start of the runway. So I could have, you know, certainly fired a catapult and hit the bottom of one of the red arrows if I'd been so inclined, which obviously I'm not. But it, it's a real thrill. Uh, I've been past the Scampton hundreds of times and it's very difficult to drive past without craning your neck and having to look to see if the red arrows are there. Now, like I said, RAF stations are generally closed to the public. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to fly over. I'm sure military don't really have too many problems, but if you're a uh, general aviation pilot, you're not allowed to fly over the top of them without permission. And if I couldn't, like I said, I'd have found an alternate route. But I knew that the Red Arrows were actually, at that time, on a visit to China, so I didn't think it was going to be much of a problem. So I took off from Gamston, and it's about 14 minutes, I think, from Gamston to Scampton. So you're supposed to ask for permission 10 minutes before you get to the point uh, where you're going to, you know, break the, the line effectively. So I'm almost immediately after taking off from Gamston, getting into the cruise, I was on the uh, I was on the radio to uh, Waddington, uh, which is the ATC for the area, and asking for two things: a mats transit. Uh, a mass penetration, sorry, we have to call it a penetration for some reason when you're talking to the military, and an ATZ penetration. Now, the mass is the larger area that surrounds a uh, military airfield. Uh, if you ever look at one on a map, if you look at a chart, uh, you'll see that there's like two stubs that stick out that extend the runway. That's to give military aircraft uh, a bit more room, a bit more knowledge that there's not going to be anybody around them. The ATZ is the bit right over the middle. So that's the the same as Gamston's got an ATZ, Scampton has an ATZ. Now, because I was going to be flying right over the runway of Scampton, yeah, quite excited uh, for me, uh, then I needed to ask for not only a mass penetration, but also an ATZ penetration, uh, or an ATZ transit, should I say. So I went on the radio and asked, and they said, hold on, you're going to have to wait. So standby, that's the technical term, standby. So because I hadn't got permission, and obviously, you know, by this time I was getting closer and closer, I did a couple of sort of lazy orbits in the sky. I just did a couple of circles as if I was going around a great big roundabout, except anti-clockwise rather than clockwise. And then uh, they were pretty quickly back, uh, and they gave me permission. So flew right over the top of Scampton, could see everything laid out below me. It looked superb of course the red arrows weren't there uh, which would have made it even more exciting but if the red arrows were there i probably wouldn't have got permission in the first place so uh, it was still pretty cool just the other side of scampton is wickenby uh say another general aviation airfield so i made a slight turn then headed towards spurn point i was looking forward to this because spurn point obviously is pretty much where the north sea meets the humber estuary so it's right on the coast and i'll be flying out over sort of Cleethorpe and Grimsby and areas like that. Now off the coast of uh, the north of the Humber Estuary, so, so the Hall side, if you might say, there's a massive wind turbine farm, which I think is fantastic. Anything that stops us having to have more coal and gas and nuclear power stations seems like a good idea to me. Uh, however, when we got there, all I could see over the sea was fog. And it uh, to me, it just sort of showed me the difference that the weather uh, can have you know can change very quickly and obviously the sea you're going to get a lot more moisture in the air uh weather's often caused by 
condensing air, by condensing water or, you know, the, the heat, the ground gets heated up. I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this, so sorry. The ground gets heated up inland or the water gets heated up by the sun over the sea and that, you know, forms clouds. It causes rising columns of air which forms clouds. Obviously the sea, for some reason this time, there was a sea fog. Uh, so I couldn't really see very much, but we made our way up to Sperm Point, which we could see fine, and then turned to fly up pretty much the centre of the hum uh, Humber Estuary back towards the Humber Bridge. You can't miss the Humber Bridge. I mean, you, I don't know what the distance you can see it from, but it's an absolutely enormous structure. Uh, it's one of the world's biggest bridges, and I think at the time it was built, it was the biggest bridge of its type. I've flown over it before. I've driven over it dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times, so... <laughs> you know, it wasn't particularly difficult for me to find. Then, turn back towards Camston. Now, typically, for me, my uh, exercises, my lessons have been in the afternoon. So, it's the 2nd of November, it's the afternoon, the sun, of course, is going down. You know, I've been flying around for an hour, so the sun's going down. So, heading back towards Camston, uh, I had the sun pretty much right in my face the entire time. So I, I, I turned off a little bit so it didn't have to look directly at it and, and be blinded, but it still caused a, you know, it's still a bit of a pain really and it's something definitely to consider when you're flying. Try and get a route so that when you're heading home you're heading north rather than south. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to try and do that for as many uh, routes as I can. In the summer it's not a big deal because, you know, you can fly till late in the evening, but uh, during the winter when you're, you're flying back at four o'clock and it's well, probably earlier, I can't even remember the time of this one, uh, you know, you're going to get the sun in your eyes. Anyway, Gamston's pretty easy to find. I've uh, I've been there many, many times now, and uh, you know, you start to recognise the power stations and and Retford and stuff like that. So landed smoothly. Uh, nice one. I think we might have had a straight in landing on that one rather than entering the circuit. I can't quite remember now. I get a bit confused with some of them. Uh, but landed, got out, really pleased again. Another great navigation. Uh, 100 miles, just using charts, just using you know dead reckoning, uh, looking at the map, uh, looking at the chart, looking at the ground, recognising different places, making sure you knew where you were at all times. Uh, you can't use GPS and you can't use Skydium and when you when you're training, unfortunately, I'm, you know, once people have passed their test, then they use those uh, they use GPS and they use Skydium all the time. I mean, you'd be silly not to, but uh, at that time, I uh, I couldn't do it. So, uh, another great day. And I had another lesson the next day, which I'll speak about next time. Okay, hope you've enjoyed this. Again, apologies for it taking so long for me to get around to doing it again, but there is lots of really interesting and exciting stuff uh, coming up over the next few weeks. So I'm going to try and do these more regularly. Okay, don't forget to subscribe if you've enjoyed it. Go and visit the website at oldmannewpilot.com and subscribe to the WordPress feed. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye.